0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. And today we are going to delve into moving from multifamily investing to mobile home park investing. With us today is Christopher Nelson, and he is an experienced technology executive, a two-times IPO, also a real estate investor, author, and the principal and co-founder of Wealth Forward Capital. Wealth Forward Capital is a real estate investment firm with a diverse portfolio of over 3,000 multifamily units, mobile home parks, and ATM investments. So, Christopher, share with us a memorable experience that may have helped you to be who you are today. Well, one
1: of the most memorable experiences I can remember is when I was a young man and I wanted to be entrepreneurial. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was very supportive of this, and he had taught me, spent time how to work with my hands in the yard, how to do yard work and other things. And so he then created opportunities, did some Outbound lead sourcing for me and found older people in the community that needed their yard work done. And so it was a great opportunity to be of service and to help them. And so that was always something that was very memorable to me as a mentor who created a path for work, for entrepreneurship. The biggest impact, though, was when I reflected on years later, as I realized that many of the widows in the community, my grandfather did not accept payment from them, but paid me out of his own pocket. Oh, wow. Wow. And it really made me understand that when you are successful, when you have means, there are many in our community that do need help and support. And so that has really uh, helped shape and focus my philanthropic endeavors.
0: Wow. Great example there. And what a grandfather to not only give you the example, but also to open the doors and lead the way there. 100%. Yes, indeed. Well, Christopher, why mobile homes these days rather than multifamily?
1: Well, as many investors, right, we saw that some of the yields in multifamily started getting compressed as asset prices started to rise towards the end of this cycle. And for myself, I got into passive investing as a limited partner first before becoming a general partner. I really wanted to follow the cash flow. And what I found is I started to look at other asset classes, right? You heard in the introduction, we've also done some ATM investing. I found that in mobile home parks, we were and are getting a lot higher cash on cash yield. So I'm talking 9 10 11% cash on cash in yield, even in this high asset priced environment because of the nature of the asset class and how they're truly made to cash flow. And so that was something that really led the transition. And then once I got into the asset class, I also learned something that, again, is very unique about it in the fact that it's scarce. They're not making any more mobile home parks, or they truly are, but it's a very, very small percentage that does not meet the demand. And that annually, there's more that are getting plowed under, taken out of service than there are created. So operating in a space where there is an a overwhelming demand for the asset in a very limited supply is a great place to be as an operator.
0: Yeah, sounds like some great opportunities there. Well, what do you find that is significantly different from uh, multifamily investing as compared to mobile home parks? I think that
1: the structures themselves, mobile home parks as their name denotes, they actually are uh, registered at the DMV. So they're not this, you know, this elaborate structure, right? The maintenance on them is a lot lower. Even if you're in a park-owned scenario, park-owned home scenario, you could be in a tenant-owned home scenario where that's not even on the books at all. And so what that means is tax basis is lower. You're Taxed on the land, you don't have this large structure that is going to get a large tax basis. So tax is usually a very large line when it comes to multifamily. Same Mm -hmm. thing with a lot of the maintenance and management, a lot less complex. So what this equates to is operating expenses somewhere between 30 and 35%, 20 basis points lower than where you would look at an average multifamily transaction. Mm -hmm. You also look with this scarcity, you'll find that mobile home park tenants tend to be in their units for uh, seven to 10 years on average, very sticky. So you also have very high demand, low supply that also leads to very high occupancy rates. We're talking 98, 99%. When you add all of those things up, the way that I say it is mobile home parks are made to cash flow because you're able to actually more of that income, the gross income falls directly to the bottom line.
0: So this sounds great for sponsors. How does it work for passive investors?
1: Well, mobile home parks are syndicated and put into funds very similar as you'll see in multifamily. So I know that for myself and and our partners, we actually create funds for these assets and create the same passive vehicles that you would have inside of multifamily for mobile home parks, where, again, you get the ability to own the asset you know through, through shares. So you're going to be able to get the cash flow, the appreciation, and the depreciation as well, and you can equally participate the same way. And so that, to me, is, is something that's important for listeners to understand is that mobile home parks are a viable asset that can play a big part in your passive income portfolio and they do have a lot of downside protection, right? You'll find that in a recession when there's headwinds in the economy, right? Class A moves to class B, class B to class C, C to D, or to mobile home parks, right? It becomes a very viable option. And so, you know, I have a, a, a slide in the presentation that I provide to listeners that go to thrivecommunity.fund. There's a, a webinar there that they can see that the NOI for mobile home parks has gone up and to the right since the year 2000, even in the midst of 2008. Or when you think about, you know, the great lockdown in 2020 kept going up and to the right. The reason being is this whole, you know, supply demand uh, scenario. And then again, downward pressures continues to drive up in mobile home parks.
0: Well, Christopher, a lot of opportunity there, certainly for passive investors and from the big picture, from a passive perspective, passive investor perspective, it's not really going to be a whole lot different from multifamily. Well, what do you see as the complexities of investing in mobile home parks from a passive investor perspective? In other words, what should the passive investor be looking for in a mobile home park that they may not necessarily be concerned with in terms of a multifamily investment? I think that
1: it. It really comes down to the operator, right? Experienced operators are necessary for mobile home parks because they are different. They do require, especially when you're in the stabilization phase, very, very hands-on, a lot of time in the park because you can be taking over a mobile home park that uh, has been owned and operated by a mom and pop that is very different to the business model that you're going to operate, which means that there could be some level of tenant churn and turnover and making sure that you get the right tenants, because as I mentioned before, they're sticky. So you want to get the right tenants in is very, very important up front. So I think the operations and then when you look right as as good passive investors, we need to be doing the due diligence into the pro formas and understanding the financials and you know, looking at the way lot rent is treated versus home rent, right? So in a mobile home park, you have the lot. The lot is the land that has been graded and is ready for a home and usually has a home sitting on it that provides the electricity, the water, the sewer. That lot rent is broken out from the home rent. The reason being is because the banks don't see the, the homes as a capitalized asset, right? They see that as something that's transient. They want to understand how much revenue is that land, that lot generating? And so that's super important for passive investors to understand. Is that when you're looking through a pro forma, you want to see with clarity how is the lots and the lot rent performing, the home rent. That's going to be gravy. Now the home rent is also going to have an expense line, separate expense line that goes get against it, which is the home maintenance. And many, you know, uh, good mobile home park operators, or I would say, you know, business savvy mobile home park operators to add more granularity there are very focused on taking park owned mobile home parks and turning them into tenant owned homes so they're going to do a rehab some capital upgrade those homes and then sell them to the tenants because again that creates much more of a sticky relationship but you're also then getting homeowners who really care and and want to do the best by their homes versus tenants who may not be treating your home the best. And so these are some of the nuances and differentiators that's really important in having a good operator that's going to explain that to you, walk you through that so that you can make your best informed decision on the data is really important.
0: Yeah. Well, going to the general partner side on this, you had mentioned that many mom and pop operations, and I don't understand this, why they do this, but many mom and pop operations do own the homes and rent those homes out. And I don't understand why they would do that, (laughs) because that comes with tremendous amounts of uh, maintenance and upkeep and being mobile homes. There's a lot of, of that that there's going to be there. But you talk about converting those uh, once they are purchased, and that's something that has always stumped me. How do you purchase them at a price that once you are actually selling that asset, I mean, for a few years, you're going to have the income while the home is being paid off, but there's going to be a point in time where that income that was rental is going to go away. How can you purchase a park that you're purchasing on income? How can you sustain that so that you're able to make your mortgage payment once those rental homes are paid off? Yeah
1: well, so there's a couple things. number one, they're generally speaking, so just to to lean in and speak for a moment on the the history, many mobile home parks operating as park owned mobile homes that was you know really the idea at the time was. Uh, you know, we're going to buy the homes, rent all of it out and and get that greater amount of income, not too much thinking about the expense line. So as we take over those homes, sometimes the finances just have single rent. They don't have it broken out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that we do is like, let's set the lot rent to market. So you will may have something that is a $600 rent Well, okay, we're going to go $400 lot rent. We're going to go $200 home rent, you know, and then we're going to do a five year rent to own program because we want to make sure that we're aligned with the owners. And then what we're going to do is every year think about it like a mortgage payment in the sense that lot rent will then tick up the three or 4% a year. While the home rent will decrease they can actually have a fixed payment for the next five years even the heart of what's happening economically but then as we exit that gap is very small Mm, right okay Mm -hmm. and so that's what that's what our strategy is how do we smooth that out over five years so that we're making sure that the lot rent is getting ready and again baking that all into a pro forma because the reality is there still is in this very fragmented mobile home park, a lot of buying opportunities where you can actually buy low, even in this market, or what was this market? Who knows what this market is? There are a lot of opportunities to do that so that you can still be you know, getting great debt service coverage ratio, delivering a lot for your investors. Because as I stated before, the margins on mobile home parks are very high because of just,
0: again, the nature of the mobile home parks as far as the cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. So great opportunities there, if done correctly, and if you have a good management team and uh, experience team. What are the major risks uh, with mobile homes versus multifamily?
1: Well, I'd say that you know, the risk comes in the, managing the parks themselves and getting, again, getting them stabilized. I think that's the key thing, because as you're turning the parks and you're getting in there and you want to start bringing in homeowners, not renters. There's an opportunity to really stabilize the park. But the biggest risk is right up front in the middle of that is making sure that, again, you're not impacting financials, you're being strategic about it in the way that you execute that to bring in the right people that are going to be a part of the park because it is a different clientele than your class B multifamily, which I would say is truly the meat and potatoes of passive investing, class B value-add multifamily. And so when you're dealing with this clientele that may be at a C or D apartment, right, much lower income, managing that, creating those relationships and ensuring that you've got, you know, good healthy communication, they understand payments, they understand consequences of not paying, is very important because there is a large collections element to this that's sort of the nature of the beast, but again, a being on top of that management is very important because once then the cash comes in, you know, the expenses, as I mentioned before, are pretty much straightforward.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, another issue that kind of concerns me about mobile home parks is that a good portion of the clientele, you said, I mean, it's C&D clientele. Well, a a lot of C&D, and I think particularly in mobile home parks, is comprised of people on fixed income, Social Security and Mm-hmm. and other sorts of fixed income. And you talked about you could have lot rent increases over time, of course. Yes, But Social Security is not increasing at 4 to 5% a year and right. probably not likely to do that. So how do you manage that when the primary criteria, I mean, the primary tenant is on a fixed income and... Their incomes are definitely not keeping up with inflation.
1: Well, so once we get the the tenants settled in there, you'll find that our increases on lot rent, we're not going to be adjusting the home rent. So you think about it, we're going to be making a four percent increase on a $450 lot rent. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, $15 or $20 a year. And I think that the important thing is to set the expectation that we're being good business owners and operators. We do need to give increases so that we can continue to maintain services and have a good competent crew that is keeping it physically safe. And then also safe from landscaping. I mean it's interesting we come in and there's a lot of big hanging branches over homes that we have to, you know, remove to make sure that it's safe. And in this partnership and in talking through that, you know, we make sure that, you know, all of our tenants like this is something that is going to fit within their budget not just today but we have a 10 year view of this to to understand and make sure that it makes sense but when you start looking at the the lower numbers and the economics and what we're talking about it is something that that will fit and will work and and operate down there because we're not again our goal is not to get as much as we can our goal is to again partner with tenants and make sure that we are You know, right at or a little bit below market is where we like to play so that we can be very competitive. And then something that there are those sustainable increases at the numbers that meet our pro forma. Yeah.
0: Well, what markets do you typically look for and make your acquisitions in?
1: Well, so we have a unique acquisition model based on, you know, what we saw playing out in the marketplace. So larger parks. Just like larger multifamily units were sought after by a lot more operators. So the metric is usually how many lots. So 100 lots or more with homes on top of them had a lot of competition, saw a lot of compressed cap rates. What we observed is that in secondary markets that had high density of mobile home parks, and I'll give you an example here in just a moment, that the interesting thing was any of the Parks that had 90 pads and below, nobody was looking at them. There wasn't a lot of competition, but there was still a lot of need for them and a lot of opportunity for value add. So, one of our main markets is Fayetteville, North Carolina, right? So, right outside of Raleigh, Durham, 500,000 people in that MSA and growing, you know, six to 7% year over year, a lot of growth coming in, anchored by two large military bases medical centers, some smaller universities, in that MSA, there are 400 mobile home parks. Mm-hmm. 400, so there's a nice density there. Mm-hmm. Of those, 75 are 100 pads and above. We saw the opportunity in these 325 parks that are still in great locations. You know, Some of them were built a long time ago and are bedded into great neighborhoods. You know, one of our parks that we own is in one of the best school districts, not just in Fayetteville, but in North Carolina. It's a tremendous school district. And so that is, was really our play was to go in because what we noticed is that market price per lot is $54,000 a lot. It's the average in the Southeast. Nationally, it's $74,000 a lot, which is mind blowing when you think, but that brings in California, New York, and a lot of these places that have much higher costs of living. Our last fund we purchased because we were buying these in these smaller parks, $39,000 a lot. Oh, wow. So, again, this is where we're buying way below the market value, even at what was considered the height of the market. And so, this to me is where then you're able to get an, you know, you make your money when you buy. We all know it, right? right? And so, this is what we saw as the opportunity to then, you know, buy much lower and then execute a business plan just like you would in a larger park but it it has to do with the fact that now we have economies of scale right now in in Fayetteville we have around 600 lots
0: cool yeah well talk to me a little bit here about public utilities such as sewer versus septic a lot of mobile home parks are on septic what about that
1: there are a few and so this is where you know it's interesting that there's a mixed bag and so I think there's sewer there's septic and then there's also some of them that have this very old technology called i think it's called like a a septic marsh which we do not Mm -hmm. look into but that's a whole that's a whole thing and if you see that that's for the specialists what we do is we look at everything so we we want to understand where's the water where is the sewer and we will definitely look at parks that are I mean we love the parks that are on city water city sewer that's a no-brainer right i mean so we've you know got the support of the local municipality to bring things to the road for septic again because we have some volume you know we have taken over a number of parks that had teams that were able to address that and so we just make sure that that is a a much more significant investment on due diligence because we really want to understand what is the quality of that we've walked away from parks where tree roots have come in and just destroyed the, the septic system. And, and that is going to be you a know, large capital improvement and arguably one of the, the largest ones when you think about what goes into a mobile home park. Mm-hmm. So staying on top of that and understanding what is the quality, what is the age? Has there been any recent maintenance? Has there been regular maintenance upkeep on it? And then having a team that can immediately go in and address when there are issues is very, very important. I would encourage LPs just like you did to double click on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could be a major uh, expenditure there. If yes. Not taken into consideration. It could doom the project. Christopher, tell us what you have to offer and how to get in touch with you. Well, you know, my partners and I, we do run
1: a Mobile Home Park Fund. It's called the Thrive Community Fund. And you can find us at thrivecommunity.fund online where you can go see a webinar, get to know us, understand, you know, our offering. And so that is what we're offering right now. And so we'd love to have you come and check us out. And then you can also come to our website, Wealthword, W-E-A-L-T-H-W-A-R-D, Moving You Towards Wealth. Wealth Word Capital, you know, is is truly a private equity company where we're looking for high cash flow investments especially in down markets. We know that there's a lot of opportunities you just have to do the due diligence, turn over a lot of rocks and and things are there. So that's where you can find us and then uh, I also have my own podcast as being a ex technology employee. It's called Tech Careers and Money Talk. You can come check us out because you know we want to facilitate this conversation around tech careers, the money, and how you manage both.
0: Well, viewers and listeners, you can find that information in our show notes. And Christopher, just one last question. How did you as a technology executive get into real estate and passive investing?
1: Well, it was going through a sudden wealth event. So I went through a, a phenomenal IPO in 2012 where you know went from zero to multiple seven figures in a day. And it was at that point in time where I hadn't done a lot of work in real estate. I wasn't really sure what to do. But Robert Kiyosaki had planted the seed that said, you can get your money working as hard as you can and sending you checks. I knew that I had to figure that out. So my journey was then doing a lot of work after that. and, And we were living in California at the time and really figuring out how do we find the right operators, invest in syndications. And as we figured that out and we were talking with a group of our friends around it, that's when they asked us to start putting together opportunities for them. It was out of that that Wealthward Capital was born.
0: Enlightened investors, thanks for being with us today. Look forward to being with you again next time. Chris. it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate you as well.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments.